If you have your Bibles with you this morning, we'll be in Ephesians chapter 1 again. We'll be finishing up the sermon from last Sunday. Begin reading at verse number 10, Ephesians 1, verse number 10 this morning. Are you glad you're saved? Amen. I'm glad I'm saved. Amen. Amen. I'm glad that I've received a gift. It's a gift, amen. It's a gift from God the creator. He created the heavens and the earth, and he, he made all things. He made us, every one of us. And l listen, you can look around the room, and besides Jesse and Betty, uh, there's probably not any one of us here that look identical. Uh, and, well, my daughter Aubrey looks very similar to my wife. And so other than that, there is not many of us that have the same identity, we don't, have, we don't look alike, we don't talk alike, we don't think alike. And it's all because God created us each individual one by one in His image and in His likeness. God the Creator did that. That was a gift in itself. Life itself is a gift from God the Creator. But second and aside from that, He gave us everlasting life. See, that's what it was meant to be in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve were first created. That life was meant to be eternal. It was meant to go on forever, and they were to have fellowship with God forever and ever and ever. God would walk with them in the cool of the morning and talk with them and, and share the Word of God with them. Boy, what a wonderful day that's going to be when we get to hear the Word of God come from God's own mouth uh, and, and get to sit in the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. What a day that's going to be, amen. Uh, but that's what the Garden of Eden was supposed to be. And that's why God created Adam and Eve was so that he could have somebody that would be willing to worship him for who he is. And it was perfect. But man had to go and mess it up. And we want to blame the woman all the time for the mistake that man made. But man had a choice. Adam had a choice just as Eve did. Adam sinned against God. He took of the fruit and cursed every one of us. Say thanks, Adam. No. But because of sin entering into the world, by one man's disobedience, death passed upon all men. But by one man's obedience, a gift has been given. Because he shed his life's blood, the one blood that can wash away all your sins, he gave us a gift, and that's everlasting life. To bring us back in total harmony with the Holy Spirit of God and to have unity and fellowship. With God the Father. Ain't, ain't that amazing? That a God in heaven somewhere loved you enough to send his only begotten son. Shed every last drop of his blood to save you from a wretched place called hell. What a gift. Amen. Yeah. Ephesians chapter 1 verse number 10. If you will stand with us. Just a few verses this morning. Ephesians chapter 1 verse number 10. The Bible says that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted, after that ye had heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, 
which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Heavenly Father, today we bow before you once again. Father, as humble as we know how. Father, we thank you for this day. Father, we thank you for, for this unspeakable gift, Lord, that Peter talked about. God, it's unspeakable and full of glory. And God, we thank you, Father, for this, uh, that we are able to participate in the fellowship of God and in the friendship of, of the uh, Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, I pray, God, that you just be with us today. God, anoint my mouth. And Father, I pray that you give me the words to speak this morning. Father, I ask once again, Father, I know that I cannot do this within my own self, but Father, I'm asking that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit this morning, God, that I may preach the word of God in truth and with boldness. Father, we love you today. In Jesus Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. Thank you. May we see you this morning. I just want to recover, uh, uh, go over the, the previous verses that we uh, talked about last Sunday. Uh, some of you may not have been here last Sunday night, so I'll, I'll touch on a few of those uh, just very briefly. But in verse number 4, we find that the Word of God says, And He hath chosen us in Him. He chose us. I'm thankful that He chose us from the beginning of the world. Uh, and it later says that, uh, Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children. We were Gentiles. We had no part of God, but bless God, uh, because of his son Jesus Christ, the mystery of Christ brought us together as the children of God and we are just as the biological children. We receive all the blessings that the biological children do and, and we are adopted children of God whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Uh, it says that in verse number 6 that he hath made us accepted in the beloved. I'm glad that we're accepted in Christ. Amen. A lot of things in this world... Uh, people may go in places, and listen, that's what we're finding in the world today, and the media has hyped it up, but this social injustice, and people are trying to be accepted in places. And it's all it's a, a fight for acceptance. That's what it is, basically. Uh, but bless God, no matter what skin color you are, no matter what background you come from, no matter what your ethnicity is, you are accepted in Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm thankful for that. I'm glad that whoever comes to the foot of the cross, the ground is level for everybody. Amen. I'm glad we're accepted in him. In whom we have redemption through his blood. That's how the gift came. He bought us back. Amen. He purchased us with his life's blood for the forgiveness of sins. Ain't you glad for the forgiveness of sins? No matter how wretched you were, no matter how far gone you might have thought you were, the forgiveness of God, amen, was able to forgive all of your sins and cast it as far as the east is from the west. In verse number 9 it says, And having made known unto us the mystery of of his will. And I talked to you about that last Sunday night. And that mystery was a secret. A sacred secret. Once hidden but now revealed to God's people. And the only way that you can understand this mystery. This a secret that God has. Is if you are a part of the family of God. And if you're not a part of the family of God this morning. I pray that before you leave here. You will, be, you will come and you will join this family. Uh, if you're lost this morning. I, I pray that you are miserable all through service because, listen, I've just had a time in my life, amen. I love the Lord, and I love church, and I love God's people. I love worship, amen. I love God's word, and if you don't, you might need to get an altar, amen, and seek the Lord because, listen, if you are a child of God, you will love the things of God. I'm happy this morning. I've got joy unspeakable and full of glory this morning. Uh, and, listen, when I was lost and undone without God, 
I didn't have joy. I didn't have peace. I was miserable. I'd lay in my bed at night and toss and turn and fear for my life because I didn't know if I'd wake up the next morning. But bless God, he had mercy. And he's having mercy on you this morning too if you don't know him. And I'm just so thankful for the gift that he has given us through his blood that he shed on Calvary. This morning we're going to be focusing on verses 11 through 14. Uh, and it says in verse 11, In whom also we have obtained an inheritance. I'm glad that our gift didn't just stop with the day we got saved. Amen. I'm glad that this uh, salvation, it didn't just stop the moment that I repented of my sin and got up from the altar or got up from my bedside or wherever it might have been that you found the Lord. I'm glad that salvation didn't just end there, bless God. I'm glad that we can enjoy the joys of heaven here on earth. Amen. And that's our inheritance. I, I was studying this week. There's actually two different uh, definitions according to the Greek. And if you know anything about the Greek philosophy, uh, one word can mean five different things in the Greek. Uh, and so with this, there, there were several meanings of the word inheritance, but only two apply to this particular scripture. Uh, and it says um, in verse 11, uh, the Greek word is uh, kleru. And it means to assign, or it's a privilege given. Verse uh, 14, it says also uh, in verse 14, the earnest of our inheritance. It means heirship, a patrimony, a possession. He has given us something. And he has given us everyone that has believed on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ an eternal possession, and that is salvation. That is everlasting life. Amen. I'm glad that there's not a devil in hell that can take that away from you. He has given us, uh, given us an assignment, a privilege, and that is a place called heaven. We are all to strive and to reach that golden shore one day. We are to strive and we are to be the body of Christ working together as a, a body fitly joined together. We are to minister to people in the highways and to the hedges and to compel them to come in that God's house might be full, that he might minister to their hearts, that they might be born again and be a part of the family of God. But I found something very interesting that not only has God given us an inheritance, but did you know that you are God's inheritance? God has inherited every one of us because we are valuable to Him, because He loves us. And He has a great love for every one of us. And He has inherited us. Listen, I was filthy, I was disgusting, I was dirty. And, and, and listen, I, I feel like I was the worst sinner amongst everybody here. But bless God, he inherited me and he cleaned me up and he changed my life. He put me on a solid rock and he established my goings and he put me on a new path. Amen. And if you know the Lord this morning, he has done the same thing for you. And can I get an amen right there? Amen. amen. Bless the Lord. I'm glad that what he does, he does it all the way. Amen. He don't just save you halfway. He don't save you in your sin. He saves you from your sin. And he cleans you up. And he sets you on a total new path. Amen. And you ain't walking the way that you were. Bless God this morning. I'm glad that not only has he inherited us this morning. But I'm glad that he's given us something. And he has given us his son, Jesus Christ. For the redemption of our sins. The forgiveness of our sins. That we could have somebody with us. Amen. I have somebody with me. Amen. Maybe we'll sing that song tonight. But bless the Lord, I'm glad I have somebody with me wherever I go and wherever I walk. Listen, there's been times, and, and I was sharing with my wife this week, that it feels like, uh, and listen, when we moved here and we, we got 
uh, settled in here during the quarantine. I was on fire to preach the Word of God. I was excited to get in the house of God. I was excited. Listen, I know I was preaching to a camera, but bless God, I was excited to be in the house of the Lord and to preach to you all through that camera screen. And, and I was telling my wife, it seems like now that we're kind of getting back into a normal rhythm, it's very easy to get complacent. It's very easy when you have a routine and you have a normality. It's very easy to get complacent. And I thank God that he has stirred my heart once again this week because I don't ever want to get complacent behind this pulpit. Because when we get complacent, we start to get cast over and we do not heed to the sound instruction of the Word of God. And I'm thankful for the revival coming up this week. I hope many of you will come. Because here's the thing, in quarantine, we get used to being at home, watching it on TV, watching the service whenever we want to, don't have to watch it live, don't have to be a part of it, but we can just go back and watch it and listen to it whenever we want to, and that causes a complacency in our life, and, and it makes us ineffective for the Lord, but I'm praying that we get a, a, a stirring from the Lord this week, and, and that He will give us the gift of that Holy Spirit power that He has so often given to men throughout the Word of God, and uh, to remind us of how great a gift that we have. Because listen, we all should be on fire for the Lord this morning. We all should have a desire to get closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. We all should have a desire to get closer and closer to Him that we might be more holy and righteous before Him. Because He said that except your righteousness exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you shall in no wise enter into the kingdom of heaven. And I pray that our... Uh, our zeal and our desire for the Lord will grow so that we might be holy and righteous before Him, but also that we might have our eyes not on this world, not on the things that the media are portraying, not on what President Trump's doing, not on what Vladimir Putin's doing, not on what uh, uh, Kim Jong-un's uh, uh, sister's doing in North Korea, not anything about the, what's going on in our world, but that we will keep our focus on a world to come. Amen. He said uh, in Hebrews that uh, I was looking for a city. Uh, that the builder and maker is God. And that's the, that's the city I'm looking for. And, and that's our inheritance. Our inheritance is what he has given us. And that is a place called heaven. John 14 says this. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. These are words written in red, if you don't know. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. And how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way. Amen. I'm glad he's the way. I'm glad I ain't the way. I'm glad President Trump ain't the way. I'm glad... Uh, uh, Brother Bob Smoot ain't the way, or Brother Todd Galhar, or Brother John Tuttle, or Brother Don Kinsey. I'm glad none of us are the way, bless God, because we would lead you astray. But thanks be unto God this morning, Jesus Christ, He is the way, He is the truth, and He is the life. And it says, And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Notice, in Ephesians 1 and 4, He said, He has chosen us in Him. All through Ephesians, it references the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything that we have been given, every promise in the book of Ephesians chapter 1 has come from the Lord Jesus Christ. We have not done anything, we have not deserved anything, and we are not worthy of anything in and of ourselves 
But every blessing that we get comes from above, and every promise that we have rests in the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice, he said, no man can come into the Father but by me. It's all through him this morning. Never forget that. Never forget that the Word of God, from the beginning of Genesis to the end of Revelation, every promise in the Word of God and every deliverance that has happened is all through the Lord Jesus Christ. It's every, everything is about him, amen? Because why? Because he is everything. He is Alpha and he is Omega. He is the beginning and he is the end. And one preacher said, and he's everything in between. Amen. I'm thankful for that this morning. Back to John chapter 14, verse number 7 says, If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. I'm thankful that if we know the Lord Jesus Christ, we can hear that still small voice of the Father. Amen. I'm glad. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for the voice of the Lord. Matthew Henry, great uh, theologian, great writer, he said, All the blessings that we have in hand are but small compared with the inheritance. Now think of all of the blessings that you've received since you've been born. I can't count them. I can't count the many blessings that I received yesterday, much less in my entire life. But those are small compared to what awaits us in heaven. But the only way that you can get there is through the blood of Jesus Christ. You cannot go on your mama and daddy. You cannot go on your pastor. You cannot go on the church denomination. You cannot go on the song leader or the word of You can't even go on the word of God. Amen. You've got to go through the blood. It's only through the blood this morning. But bless God, the word died for you and it shed its blood so that you could go by the way of the cross. He died for you this morning. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 through 16 says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible. Think about that. To an inheritance incorruptible. Some of you uh, have watched your parents pass away and maybe they have left a portion of their goods uh, to you or if you were the only child, you received all the inheritance. But you know what? After you're dead and gone and if you don't have anybody to leave that inheritance to, it fades away. And it becomes corrupted. And it perishes. And everything that we own in this life, when, when the Lord returns and sends the wrath of God upon this world, it'll all melt with fervent heat. We can't take anything with us. But bless God, the gift that the Lord Jesus Christ is able to give to each and every one of us, it's incorruptible. It's incorruptible. And it fades not away. And undefiled. And that fadeth not away. Reserved in heaven for you. Think about that. Just for you. I can't fathom that this morning. Who are kept by the power of God through faith and a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found in the praise and honor and glory 
at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, and whom though now you see him not, yet believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of the time the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow, unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. Did you know something? That we have a gift that not even the angels in heaven can have. They were created to worship God. They were created to be eternal beings and fly around the, the, uh, the judgment seat of God crying, Holy, holy, holy for all eternity. But when a sinner gets born again and gets saved, they're looking into that and looking and saying, Wow, what a magnificent gift that a God in heaven gave a man or a woman the free will choice to worship him and to become a child of God. The angels in heaven have no idea what salvation is. And that's why they're looking into each and every one of our salvation this morning. The things, uh, which things the angels desire to look into. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children, not fastening yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. I told you earlier, not only God created us an inheritance, but we are also his inheritance, because we are valuable to God. Matthew 10, verse 29 through 31 says this, Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing, and one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear ye not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. He loves you this morning. Moving on. Verse 11, uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11 says, In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ, whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. My next point is, not only has he given us an inheritance and we are his inheritance, but he's also sealed us by the Holy Ghost. The, the phrase sealed by the Holy Ghost means a finished transaction or it implies ownership. It means that we are his. And, I, and I, I told somebody this week, I was sharing with them my thoughts on this passage of Scripture, and I said that the seal can also be worded as our identity because uh, if any of you have ever uh, had a sealed uh, letter or if you've had to seal a document to send somewhere, uh, it has the imprint 
of your company or, or whatever it might be. Uh, I know the presidential seal, it's very prominent in the United States of America. And they press down on it to make sure that it gets the right uh, uh, inscription on it. And, and so, I'm, bear with me, I ain't very good with my, my wording, but it makes sure that you can see that seal very clear because it identifies who the sender is. It also identifies who the receiver is. And listen, he has sealed us by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God is the comforter that God has sent to us, and he is making sure that we get back to God the Father. Amen? That's the Holy Spirit of God's job, is to make sure that we get to heaven because we are a sign, sealed, and we're almost delivered document to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Praise God this morning that he is soon coming. And sooner or later, we're going to be delivered. Charles Ryrie said, A seal indicates possession and security. The presence of the Holy Spirit, the seal, is the believer's guarantee of the security of his salvation. Warren Wiersbe said, It is possible to grieve the Holy Spirit, and if we do, we will suffer loss of the blessings of his ministry, but he doesn't leave us. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30 says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 through 22. For all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him amen, unto the glory of God by us. Now he which establisheth you, uh, establishes us with you in Christ, and hath anointed us, is God, who hath also sealed us, and given the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. I dare say that this also represents the identity, and I've already spoken on that. The seal should be on our hearts and on our foreheads so that everyone knows who we belong to. Amen? People ought to know that you are a child of God. You shouldn't have to tell them by the way that you talk, by the way that you act, by the way that you walk, the way that you dress. They ought to know that you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because we are changed. We are different. The Bible says that you are to be a peculiar people, a royal priesthood. Did you know that we are the ambassadors of the Lord Jesus Christ? We have ambassadors all around the world to represent what? To represent the United States of America. And I bet if you asked every one of those ambassadors, they would be proud to be an ambassador of the United States. We, as the children of God, ought to take great pride in being the ambassadors of Christ. So we ought to act like it. We ought to talk like it. We ought to worship like it. I'll leave that alone. Revelation chapter 7 talks about how the ones who do not have the seal of God in their forehead will be destroyed. And listen, it will spill out a lot of beans and worms. Because Jehovah's Witness believe only 144,000 people is going to go to heaven. And that's what Revelation 7 is talking about. It's 144,000. But they will be born again during the tribulation period. Listen, the church is out of here. Amen. Listen, my document's already going to be signed, sealed, and delivered. Amen. I'm already going to be, my, my seal will already be broken in the presence of God because I'm going to be delivered. But when the tribulation period comes, God is going to seal 144,000 people to be witnesses on this earth to win souls during the tribulation period unto the Lord Jesus Christ. I ain't got time to get into all that. You can go to Revelation chapter 7. It'll finish up about Revelation chapter 14 if you want to read it. 
People say that uh, uh, no man can pluck you out of God's hand, but you can walk out yourself. Or they say uh, if you backslide and die, you'll go to hell, even if you've been born again and sealed. But once God seals us with the Holy Spirit, there is nothing that can break that seal. It doesn't mean that we should live in sin and do unrighteousness or live in ungodliness. But if we do sin, we have the seal of the Spirit and the voice of the Lord, which should draw us to repentance and true holiness. And we should desire to be holy and without spot when we enter the presence of Jesus Christ. Pastor Andy Lockhart said once, the sealing of the Spirit is a one-time act. Nothing can change that at all. In fact, we never seal anything that is destined for delivery until everything is complete. In sealing a document, decree, or etc., it was done with a signet or object representing the one who was to do the sealing. They would press it hard to get a firm likeness of the signet so that it was clearly identifiable. And may we be as well. May we be clearly identifiable in this world that we belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. Lastly, this morning, chapter uh, uh, Ephesians 1, verse 14 says, Which is the earnest of our inheritance unto the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. The earnest means a deposit or a down payment to guarantee the final purchase of some commodity or piece of property. I'd say that we are a great commodity to the, to the Lord. Amen? Listen, I don't know if there's anybody here that I would give my, other than my wife and my children, uh, for, for a friend, but for a lost person, I don't know that I could give my life for a murderer, or a child molester. I don't know that I could lay down my life for uh, somebody who abused my children or turned their back on me. But you know what? That's exactly the people that God sent his only son to die for. Because every one of us, while we were in sin, we turned our back on God. We cursed God. We rebelled against God. We done things that were unpleasing in God's sight. But you know what? He still loved us. He still said, son, if you'll go, shed your life's blood, I will redeem them. I will buy them back. And bless God, I will give them everlasting life. I'll give them the greatest gift that a man can have, and that's salvation. We are a great commodity to him. Charles Ryrie said the presence of the Spirit is God's pledge that our salvation will be consummated. The Holy Spirit, like I said, he is the deliverer. He is the mailboy, if you will. Now, he is, he's not less important than God the Father or God the, Holy, uh, God the Son. He is equally important as, as those two because he is part of the Godhead Trinity. But they sent him here to dwell in men and women's lives, to be the mail carrier, to be the uh, document deliverer, so that one day he would lead us to a place called heaven and to a place uh, uh, to the judgment seat of Christ where our seal will be broken and that word consummated means complete or perfect. So our earnest, the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. He is talking about what Jesus Christ told them uh, right before he ascended into heaven. He said, and I will send a comforter unto you. That comforter is here to sanctify us. Everything in our life. And listen, men, Cassie have been talking about this over uh, a few weeks now. 
about certain things that we should watch or shouldn't watch and, and what we should listen to and shouldn't listen to. And listen, that is the Holy Spirit sanctifying you because, listen, we are to be a peculiar people. We are to be different from the world. And listen, there's a lot of people today that you have to question, well, are they a Christian? Are they a child of God? Are they doing the things that, that the Bible teaches us to do? Because we've got so, the church has got so blended with the world, it's hard to tell who's a part of the church and who ain't. But God knows. I preached on that not too long ago. Leave the tares and the wheat alone. God will take care of it. But we are to be different. We are to be set aside, and that is the Holy Spirit. That is the earnest of our inheritance. That is his job in our life, is to consummate us so that when we reach heaven, when we stand before God Almighty, we will be complete and perfect. Acts chapter 15, verse 7 through 9 says, And when there had been much disputing, Peter rose up and said unto them, Men and brethren, you know how that a good while ago God made choice among us that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And, with, and God, which knoweth the hearts, bore, bare them witness, and given them the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us. See, that's the mystery. They, they didn't understand how that the Holy Spirit of God could come into the, to a Jew's life and into a Gentile's life. That was the mystery. But now we have the same Holy Ghost, the same uh, uh, earnest inheritance to the Jew and to the Gentile. We have the same one now. And it, uh, Peter said, And put no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. 1 John chapter 3, verse 24 says, And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him. Can you say amen right there? And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him. I was visiting with uh, Miss Sue this week, and she said something that I hadn't heard in a long time. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. I think a lot of people overlook that verse of Scripture. John chapter 15. If you're my friends, you'll, do, you'll keep my commandments. A lot of people want to look over that, but listen, that is a commandment to the child of God. People think just because we got saved and got born again that it gives us a license to sin, but Romans chapter 6 says, God forbid that we sin. You don't want to crucify the Son of God afresh. Hebrews chapter 6 talks about that. We don't want to do that. God has called us out of sin to be holy, and He is setting us aside to be consummated so that we can be complete in Him Verse uh, 24 continues to say, And hereby we know that he abideth in us by the Spirit which he hath given us. Matthew Henry also said this, The Spirit's illumination is an earnest of everlasting life. Sanctification is an earnest of perfect holiness. And his comforts are earnests of everlasting joys. I love that. Do I need to read it again? Some of you look lost. Some of you is like, whoa, what did he say? I'm going to read it for you. The Spirit's illumination is an earnest of everlasting life. That is the fire that should be in us. That, he said, you are the light of the world. That's the Spirit's illumination. It should be the earnest of everlasting life. Sanctification is an earnest of perfect holiness. And his comforts are earnests of everlasting joys. Let me put it in my own words, can I? 
Can I paraphrase it? The Spirit's job is to shed light into our life, life so that we can be the light of the world. And sanctification is to create in us a holiness set aside for God himself. But this is what I love. His comforts are the pleasures of heaven that we get to enjoy right now. In the midst of hardships, in the midst of distress, in the midst of worry, in the midst of chaos, you can have peace and assurance and comfort because of the Holy Spirit. And that's his main job. Jesus said, I'll send the comforter unto you. There's a reason why the Holy Spirit of God is called the comforter. Because no matter how wretched your life is, no matter how tossed you may feel, if you'll just call on the name of Jesus, you can sense the peace that passes all understanding through the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm glad he's our down payment. Amen. I'm glad that I have somebody. Listen, I'm glad that when I repented of my sin and I got saved, that the Lord didn't tell me, all right, Ben, you've got to figure it out on your own. He didn't tell me that. No. He said, all right, Ben, here you go. Here's the Holy Ghost. Let him guide you. Let him teach you. Let him correct you. Let him rebuke you. Let him love on you and let him comfort you and you'll make heaven your home. I heard a message on Psalms 23 several years ago. And the very last verse of Psalms 23 says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He preached on the hounds of heaven, talking about how goodness and mercy were like coon dogs or sheep dogs. Because a coon dog, they'll, they'll sniff and, and they'll walk miles and miles until they pick up on the scent of a coon, and then they'll go tree that uh, tree, wherever that uh, a coon may be, and that points them to the destination. Now, they they want to get that coon to the uh, to the hunter so that they can be. I ain't gonna get gruesome with you. I ain't gonna get into all that. I got some animal lovers in here, and I ain't gonna get into all that. But sheepdogs, this is on a lighter note. Sheepdogs, they'll go and find that sheep that went astray. And they'll get behind that sheep. They won't get in front of it. They'll get behind that sheep, one on each side, and they'll guide that sheep all the way back to the pasture, all the way back to the shepherd. And you know, that's what goodness and mercy is doing for us. That's what the Holy Spirit of God is doing. He's getting behind us, and he's pushing us, and he's encouraging us, and he's leading us back to the chief shepherd, and that's Jesus Christ. Amen. Stand with me this morning. Miss Sue, Brother John, if you will, come get a song. there's anything in your life that you need to pray about, this altar is open. If there's sin in your life, this is a perfect place to repent of it, to let it wash you all away, set you back on that rock. If you're missing joy, if you're missing peace, listen, this is a perfect place to find it. The Lord's here, and He loves you, and He wants to give you that great gift of salvation. This morning, if you need to pray, I'll meet you here. If you if you want to talk to me after service, grab me by the hand, and we'll, we'll talk after service. But uh, right now, this is your opportunity.
while the Lord is here, while the Lord is still present with us, this is your opportunity to get closer to the Lord. Thank you.